Hi, I'm your host, Aaron, and welcome to the First Generations Podcast, the show where we dive into the personal experience and knowledge of individuals that pave their path to success on their own terms. From entrepreneurs, professionals, and beyond, we will learn what it takes to walk through their journey and what it means to be first generation. Coming up in this episode. There were definitely times that things were harder, you know, things with you know, why aren't I as good at sports? Why can't I do this? And even when I was older in high school, you know, I wasn't always tune out other people's opinions. I'm sure there were times that I struggled with that. But at the end of the day, you have to think about what can I control and focus on that instead of what you can't control and accept the fact that, you know, for me, I am legally blind. Does it do me any good to wish that I could drive a car? Does it do me any good to wish that I could, you know, do X, Y, and Z? No, it doesn't. So forget about it and focus on something else. Think about all the amazing things that I have in my life. Welcome to the First Generations Podcast. Today's guest became the first legally blind athlete to play football in a Division I game when he was at Tulane University. He was a captain in his senior year and went on to become an NFL free agent. Our guest had never let his limited vision get in the way of his success. His grit, determination, and effort enabled him to earn a spot on the Tulane team and the respect of his teammates, coaches, and fans. He began playing football in the seventh grade and worked extremely hard to get to where he is today. His goal is to show others that it doesn't matter what they are fighting for or what their perceived limitations are. Anything is achievable with hard work and tuning out the judgment of others. His planning, passion, and perseverance enables him to be successful. He has paved the way for others with disabilities and shown that the impossible is truly possible. I am honored and proud to present you our guest for today, Aaron Golub. Hey, Aaron, how are you doing? And thank you so much for having me. I'm doing really well and looking forward to this. It's a, definitely a pleasure for me. And your story is super inspirational. And I also want to give a shout out to Jeff Lopes, a mutual friend of ours that helped connect us together. To first start things off, given our current situation, what are you most excited about in your life right now? I mean, I think I have a lot of things going on in my life that I'm really excited about. I'm developing a strong reputation, a brand for myself. I'm helping and impacting the lives of others on a daily basis. I'm meeting incredible new people every single day. You know, uh, there's a lot to be excited about, and I'm really looking forward to what tomorrow and the day after has to come. Like you said, you're impacting a lot of people, and I really appreciate the work you do. I believe your story truly is a staple of how one can make the impossible possible. So while growing up, were there any role models or public figures that had inspired you and helped you push through your journey to where you are today? Not like public figures necessarily. I mean, you know, people like my parents or coaches really played a big role in my upbringing. But, you know, I think the inspiration that allowed me to achieve what I've accomplished came from within. And I think I tell people that all the time that. Too many people look for that outside motivation. And at the end of the day, I think that if you look for an outside motivation, you're never going to accomplish what you want because, you know, as soon as that person leaves the room or stops talking or whatever, you're not going to have that fire in you to keep going. And I think I was very fortunate that I was able to find things that I'm motivated to do. I have that fire in me to do. I don't take on a goal or a task that I'm not motivated to accomplish. And because of that, I accomplish my goals. I'm not going to do something that, I'm not truly interested and passionate about. Okay, now going back to it, here's one thing I, I find very interesting because you mentioned for you personally, it comes from the inside and not from external sources, right? But I find that many individuals, even myself included at a, at a time where it was always looking from the outside, 
then from within instead of from within then out. So is it fair to say that your parents had taught you that concept or helped you discover that concept that whatever is truly important from your inside was what how you perceive things from the outside? Maybe to a certain extent. You know, I'm not really sure sure how, you know, obviously they pr- played a huge role in my upbringing and, you know, my dedication and, and transforming me into the person I am. But I wouldn't, I, I don't know how much they had in forming that fire inside of me. That was kind of, you know, a, a personal thing. I just wanted to accomplish some amazing things. And I think everyone's different. I do personally believe that when you rely, no matter who it is, on external motivation, you know, it can allow you to get something done in the short term, but it makes it hard, if not impossible, to accomplish a goal in the long term. And when you find something you're truly passionate about, it's not hard to get that internal motivation. I think that if you don't have the internal motivation, it's because you're not doing something that you love, or you're not doing something you're passionate about. You know, I don't wake up in every day and like force myself to go do things because I enjoy what I'm doing. And because of that, I can rely on my internal motivation. With you being the first legally blind athlete to play Division One football and becoming an NFL free agent, how did that very moment feel when you made history and stepped on the field against the University or UCF, the University of Central Florida? And it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. You know, a lot of hard work really came to fruition at that at that moment, and I was just excited and honored to have that opportunity to contribute to that game with my team. And would it be fair, like throughout your whole tenure on the Tulane University football team, that would be your most memorable moment? You know, probably. You know, there were definitely a lot of memorable moments, you know, certain games that we've played in or games that we've won, but that was definitely one of them. Not only were you on the football team, you were also one of the team captains on the team as well, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. I perceive believe that is a huge role. It's a very underrated role, I find, especially in depending which kind of organizations one is in. So... As a team captain, what do you believe is the most important quality in a teammate, especially at like a high level, like for example, for you, especially at a D1 level competition? Leading by example. I think too many people are, you know, focused on that like rah-rah and noise and talking, but, you know, they don't do what they say. You know, they can be the person yelling in the locker room or in the huddle, but, you know, if they don't have their actions follow what they're saying, then it means nothing. Yeah. And I, I think that you need to sh- lead by example. That's powerful. Did you ever struggle or did you find a lot of people having the struggle of knowing their role? I would imagine like you probably have high five-star recruits coming to Tulane University onto the football team. But then, you know, they're used to being that star, whether it's a star quarterback, running back or position. And then they start coming into a higher level on the university team and they have to accept their limited roles. Did you find that to be an issue for many people? Everyone's different. Some people accept, you know, where they are and some people don't. I think I went into Tulane thinking I'm the lowest on the ladder and I need to work my way up. Okay. Some people agree with that. Some people don't agree with that. Some people, you know, everyone's different and I can't really speak for everyone, but I think that the coaches at Tulane did a very good job of recruiting people with, you know, great personalities, great work ethic and, and, and great people. And because of that, we never really had a ton of issues. Oh, that's great to hear. I know you had dedicated essentially your whole life while growing up playing football. But did you have other aspirations while you were a child on what you actually want, like what you wanted to be when you grew up? You know, for some children, when they're four or five, they see a fire truck or a garbage truck drive by. They're like, hey, I want to be a garbage man when I grow up. or I want to be a fireman when I grow up. Like, did you have any aspirations of another profession? Or 
I think I always wanted to be an athlete. It wasn't necessarily always football. I think growing up, I wanted to be a professional baseball player or something, but I was always very interested in being an athlete. Do you play baseball by any chance? I mean, I played when I was a little kid for a bit. It didn't work out very well, but I I did try it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. What did a day in the life of Aaron Golub look like while playing D1 football? Because I find this super fascinating. I've heard or listened to a couple of your podcast appearances, and I believe at a very young age, you've, just, you've developed a routine that is very unique and that many kids, I would say, in that around the same age you were would not have developed. Yeah. I mean, in high school, you know, I woke up at 5 a.m. Yeah. I went to school. I practiced long snapping. Went to school when I was done. I went to practice after school. I lifted weights. I went home. I you know, did my homework. That was my routine pretty much every day. And it was, you know, I did what I had to do to be successful. And that's what it took, doing the work that no one else was willing to do. And this carried on throughout college as well, I presume too, right? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, you know, uh, waking up earlier than everyone else. We had early practices to begin with. And so I would, you know, get up and and practice with the team and everything. But, you know, I, I worked as hard as I could and did what I needed to do. Kudos to you for doing that. Thank you. I kind of want to dive into like your childhood a little bit more. Was there a point in time when you felt discouraged or defeated due to the condition of your eyesight? Because as a child or as children, we a lot, of, a lot of times we don't know. And I don't want to speak for other children, but like there are times where like we just don't understand. We If we see something different, it just stands out. And yeah, was there a time that in your childhood that you felt discouraged or defeated? Or did you always have like that winning mentality and you embraced who you were? Yeah, I mean, I think as I, when I was younger, it was definitely harder to deal with it or get by with it. As I got older in high school, I really developed the mentality of I don't care about others' opinions. I'm going to focus on what I can control and not about what I can't control. But definitely you know, before I had that mentality, it would, there were definitely times that things were harder. You know, things with, you know, why aren't I as good at sports? Why can't I do this? And even when I was older in high school, you know, it wasn't always tune out other people's opinions. I'm sure there were times that I struggled with that. But at the end of the day, you have to think about what can I control and focus on that instead of what you can't control and accept the fact that, you know, for me, I am legally blind. Does it do me any good to wish that I could drive a car? Does it do me any good to wish that I could, you know, do X, Y, and Z? No, it doesn't. So forget about it and focus on something else. Think about all the amazing things that I have in my life. Did you also have someone like maybe a mentor or someone that also helped you provide experience when it comes to dealing with these negative moments? Not really from that that side of things. I mean, I had coaches who, you know, uh, would practice long snapping with me or who would help help push me to accomplish my goals and things like that. But I wouldn't say from like the negative side of things, someone who helped me like kind of get past that. From what it sounds like, man, it was all on you. Like you, you already knew it was, you know, it, it was all, like you said, from early on, it was from within and you had to deal with it yourself, right? Yeah, no. And that, and that goes for everything and for everyone. You know, if there's any goal that you want to accomplish, you know, it's, it's up to you. You have to accomplish that goal. There's no, no one else that's going to do it for you. There's no way around it. If you want to get something done and accomplish something, you need to do it yourself. So have you ever found that when you're in a tr- the process of trying to accomplish a goal, because there are times where when we are trying to accomplish a certain goal, we may not be exercising the right steps to accomplish that goal. And as a result, we have to maybe take a couple steps back just to move like 10 or 20 steps forward. Like, have you ever come across that scenario for yourself? I mean, I think that people who are willing to adapt succeed. People who are not willing to adapt don't succeed. And yeah. so, 
if you're doing something over and over again, and it's not working then change what you're doing. It just, it, it doesn't make sense to keep doing what you're doing if it's not working. And, you know, the people who accept that and, you know, take steps back and figure it out and change what they're doing, then see success from that are the ones who see success in the end. The, the, the people who keep trying to do what they're doing and it's not working, you know, end up failing. I would also assume then it was never an issue for you to take the three steps back in order to move 20 steps ahead. Yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't always want to, but there's definitely been times in my life that I've had to. You know, it's not something that you want to do necessarily. You know, you put in all this work and you're going to change up your method or your routine or what you're doing, but it's, you have to take a greater, you know, deeper look at everything and, and, and figure out what's the best really for you. Yeah, especially how you elaborated on, uh, you got to take the, the outside picture, the long-term goal. And I think that's truly important. Kind of want to dive into like the interviewing and public speaking aspect of your life. Yeah. Was interviewing and public speaking something you were comfortable with growing up? So it was never something I really wanted to do growing up. I got a lot of attention my senior year in high school when I came in to play at Tulane. I was flown to to New York when I was 17, senior year of high school, to be on Good Morning America after I came in to Tulane. And that was really a sink or swim moment. I had to become a good public speaker essentially overnight. Yeah. I didn't want to do it. You know, a coach told me that if I could impact the life of one other person by doing it, then I should do that and every other interview that comes my way. And so because of that, I did it. I never enjoyed doing interviews in college, in high school. It just wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to play football, be a student, have fun. You know, that, that it, I wasn't focused on that. But I did the interviews to help others. Ever since college and since I'm, you know, working and building a business, I decided that you know, with speaking, not only can I help and impact the lives of others, but I can also build a business with it. I can build a career with it and I can, you know, accomplish a lot of really cool things and meet amazing people through doing it. And, you know, I have a unique story that no one else has. And so I should share that with the world to help others. And that's, that's what I've done. And it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. What would you think that helped you out the most with building that confidence to be a public speaker and podcaster? I think it's the same principle that I, I really used when playing football, the fact that I don't care about others' opinions. Okay. I think that, that so many people are wrapped up in what other people think. You yeah. know, And when I say I don't care about other people's opinions, I don't mean that I don't care about anyone's opinions. I think that people get wrapped up in criticism from people that they wouldn't take advice from. Let's put it this way. You know, I know Jeff connected the two of us. Jeff has been a mentor of mine and he works with me on a lot of things. Yes. You know, I really care about Jeff's opinion. Mm -hmm. If Jeff says I'm doing something really well, I'll take advice from him. If Jeff says I'm doing something really bad, I'll listen to him and I'll make a change because I respect his opinion and I value his opinion. Yes. If someone who I'm, but, but, but that's because if I'm willing, since I'm willing to take advice from him, I'm willing to take critiques from him. Some random person who, you know, whether it be I don't respect them or I don't know them, whatever, that I'm not willing to take advice from them. Why would I listen to them about critiques if I'm not going to change because of what they say? So I think you just have to be really selective about the people that you take advice from because you can't take advice from every direction. You have to pick who you take advice from. Thank you for saying that because I feel that is definitely something many of us struggle with in our world today, and even I myself at times. Now, one of your biggest quotes that stood out to me when I was doing some research on you was this one here when you said, always respect the opinions of others, but never value them. So this kind of goes back to essentially what you said. Can you elaborate a little bit more on the term value? 
Yeah, I, th- I think it's the same principle. I mean, look, like everyone, everyone has a p- an opinion. Yes. And I respect everyone's beliefs and everyone's opinions. And I respect every single person on this planet. That being said, I don't value many people's opinions. And so that goes back to that same concept of I value Jeff's opinion a lot. Yes. But, you know, 90% of the people in the world, I either don't know or it doesn't just doesn't matter what their opinion is because I, it just doesn't affect there's no reason to value them. Value the people that your uh, people's opinion that you're willing to take advice from, and mm-hmm. keep that to a small group of people because you can't be taking advice from everyone. Because if you value everyone's opinion, then you're going to get way too much caught up in your head. Thank you for clarifying that. Now, with your public speaking, if you had a choice of providing a keynote speech anywhere in the world, where would be your ideal location and audience? And I, I mean, I think that. You know, a dream of mine is definitely to fill up a stadium of tens of thousands of people, you know, and speak to, you know, 50,000 plus people in a stadium one day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that will happen eventually. You know, it's not going to happen in the next year or two, but I think that'd be a lot of fun. You know, the exact location, I don't know if that really matters. I think it's just the the scenario of, of being able to speak to that many people at one time. Yeah, that's so powerful. And like you said, it's impacting people, right? I'm curious, what is now your purpose, you know, your why? What drives you inside to strive and work towards excellence? To accomplish what I've set out to do. I mean, I think that one thing that I love, and I I can't take credit for this because it's something that, like, Ed Milet says all the time, but it's, you know, when you ask him, and I I believe this as well, you know, what's your greatest fear? It's that you're going to die one day and you're going to meet the person that you're supposed to be, and it's a completely different person than who you are. And, you know, my goal is that one day when I die, I meet the person who I was supposed to be. And I'm a twin to that person because I've accomplished everything that I could and I've done everything possible to be that person. You know, it would really suck to meet the person I was supposed to be. And they're, you know, a million times better than me. You know, that that would be miserable. And, you know, I can't take credit for that because that's an idea I got from him. But I that's that's kind of what drives me. Because of what you were faced with, did you ever let the concept of proving people wrong drive you as well? Like when I was young, when I was young, mm-hmm. definitely. But you can't, that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Like that's, it, you can, it's the same thing with the external motivation. It's a short-term thing. It's not a long-term thing. When you focus on proving people wrong, you'll eventually burn out. You'll, you won't be happy. When you focus on proving yourself right instead, it'll last forever. You won't burn out. You'll be much happier. Yeah. Now, I kind of want to transition to you being the host of the Blind Ambition podcast. What sparked your journey of starting the podcast? You know, you could be writing a book first or, you know, you maybe starting a blog, but why a podcast? Yeah. So first off, I am in the process of writing a book right now. started okay. it about uh, a month or so ago at this point, but um, the hope is to release it towards the end of the year. We'll see how things go. Uh, you know, it's my first book. I was, you know, when, when COVID hit, I was you know, switching to virtual events, going on a lot of more podcasts and it was a lot of fun. I was meeting some cool and incredible people yeah. and got to the point where I decided, you know, I could meet even more people and share their stories of overcoming obstacles by having my own podcast. And it, it's allowed me to network with some amazing people. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's great to hear. And if I was to ask you, what is the most memorable saying or lesson from a guest that you've had on your show? Who would you say it was from and what would that, that saying or lesson be? Wow, that's a good one. There's been so many, you know, really cool guests and lessons. It's it's really hard to pick one. To be completely honest with you, I, I just did 
an interview with this guy, Jackie Wilson. He essentially runs the diversity inclusion stuff for, I forget the name of the company, but it's, it's for essentially like the Brooklyn Nets and a bunch of other professional sports teams. And his episode will probably come out in a few weeks, but it's, I don't want to spill too much, but it's going to be really powerful. I think it's going to be probably one of, if not my favorite episodes so far, just because of the depth of the topics we talk about. And I wasn't planning on having the interview go that way. And I think that, you know, this is something you and I talked about last time we spoke, but I prep, but I don't like write down questions or send someone questions because I never know where the interview is going to go. And I want it to be a conversation. And it, it went in a direction that I really wasn't expecting. It was amazing though. It was much better than I thought it would be. And it was something that people needed and, and, and are going to get a lot of value from. So listen to that. It, it's going to be awesome. Okay. And for our listeners and our audience, I'll be listing Aaron's podcast details in the in the podcast episode descriptions below. So be sure to check those out. And next question I have, I guess, is if you were stranded on an island for three days with one of your guests, who would you pick and why? Damn. Um, let's think about this for a minute. Someone who's like already appeared or someone whose like episode has been recorded or it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter. Up, up to you. Um, all right. You know, probably my friend Sam, who I've recorded the episode with, haven't haven't published it yet. He also works with me on a lot of stuff, but he's also, you know, one of my really close friends. And I think we'd have a lot of fun, get a lot done. It'd be it'd be a good time. Yeah. Just survival won't, won't ever be an issue because, you know, you got that teamwork and coordination going. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Another question I have, I guess, is if you could pick anyone in the world to come on as a guest on your show, who would it be? This person doesn't have to be alive. Like, let's say for, for myself, Bruce Lee is a big idol of mine. I would pick him just to show the Asian diaspora or and how he molded the martial arts community and so on and so on. But who would that yeah. person be for you? I think it would probably be Tony Robbins. I oh, think yeah. that it'd be really interesting and he'd be really insightful. And it'd be not only would it be an incredible podcast, but he'd be an amazing just connection and relationship to build. Oh, yes. Have you gone to any of his events by any chance or read any? You, you probably uh, read his books. I mean, I've, I've read his books. I've read a bunch of his books. I've never been to an event. I've also read a bunch of his books too. I was supposed to go to an event of his back back in San Jose probably 10 months ago, but due to COVID that got canceled. But I've heard so many powerful things about his events and how you come out taking in a lot of positive things and lessons. What are some activities or hobbies that you enjoy aside from football or watching football? And I mean, I love going to the gym, lifting weights is always a fun thing. You know, I love in the winter skiing and snowboarding, you know, in the summer playing golf and then just, you know, relaxing with friends, family, going to the pool, the beach and, you know, hanging out. But at the same time, you know, I love everything I'm doing. You know, I don't consider speaking or things like this work. You know, I mm-hmm. consider it fun. It's a hobby for me. It's and I think that when you can make your work, your hobby and your hobby, your work, that's when you're truly happy. So would it be fair for me to say that your favorite football team is the New England Patriots? 100%. <laughs> and would it be fair to say that Tom Brady is your favorite football player of all time? Absolutely. And I want to confirm this, that you probably believe he's the greatest of all time as well, then. To ever touch it's him. not even an argument. He has seven <laughs> Super Bowl rings. Anyone who argues otherwise needs... You can't even argue that at this point. Yeah, 100%. And for those that disagree, hit up Aaron Golub on Instagram. <laughs> Feel free. It's not an argument. I'll, 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 I'll answer your question. He'll prove you what, he'll tell you why. <laughs> so what is a fun fact about Aaron Golub that not everyone knows about? 
for example, I'll, I'll say this. I have this one friend. I never, we're pretty close, but I never knew he collected socks, like dress socks. <laughs> so like, do you have, do you have something like maybe different like that that we don't know about? Definitely not like that. Um, <laughs> I was going to say something like the different sport, like growing up, I played baseball, I skateboarded, I did like stuff like that. Definitely. <laughs> I don't collect socks. I think that one probably takes the cake. <laughs> Cool. And are there any future upcoming projects that you are a part of that we should be anticipating? You mentioned your book and it's about to release. Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, it's it's not releasing anytime soon, Hope probably towards the end of the year. But, okay. um, you know, that's that's the biggest thing I, I, I'm working on. You know, I think I'm growing my podcast at the moment and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and working to get more more speaking gigs. You know, I'm trying to line more things up for, you know, in person once COVID's over because in person is a lot more fun than than virtual. Just a quick question about your book. I assume your book will be about like your life. It'd be like a biography. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, it's not going to be, it's not going to be like a 400 page novel. You know, okay. I think that eventually down the road, maybe I'll do something like that, but it's, yes. uh, it's going to be a shorter book, you know, focused on, you know, my life and, and certain things around it. Okay, man, I'm excited for you now. Thank you. Speaking of books, we're about to wrap up the podcast here. I asked the next three questions for with every guest that I have on the show. So the first question I have is, is there one book or resource you would recommend to our listeners that was most impactful to you in your development and becoming who you are today? Man, there's so many different books, honestly. Like, it's really hard to pick one. I mean, right now I'm reading Limitless by Jim Quick. It's it's an incredible book. You know, I've read a lot of the different Tony Robbins books. You know, I, I recently this year I finished reading like Focal Point. I forget who wrote that but there's there's so many different amazing books out there that that people should just start reading yeah well, i'm gonna second you on that too like limitless by jim quick great book definitely helps you unlock or gives you a different perspective on using your brain right yeah and it actually this book tells you like it literally lays out why or how certain methods work yeah. and all you have to do after reading this book is put the work in right <laughs> yeah it's simple now second last question i have is what does being first generation mean to you? Now, I use this definition in a more metaphorical sense, not as literal, because in the dictionary, being first generation means like, you know, being a new person or a pioneer to a new place or location or new settlement. But I use this term or I define the term first generation as someone that has paved their own path and definition of success on their own terms. No matter the hardships, the struggles and negativity they had to endure, they continued they did not give up and they can, they continue to continue on that path. And in our society, like many of us walk similar paths, but no one walks the exact same path. So to me, that's what I define as first generation. So if I was to ask you, what does it mean or what, what do you think it takes to be first generation? What, what would be your answer? I think it's someone who's a leader who's, you know, accomplishing something new, some, uh, you know, accomplishing something great and leading the way for others. Yeah. When it comes to leadership, I guess. In your perspective, like with you being a leader on the Tulane football team, what do you think was most crucial for you to be while being a team captain? Consistency. I think, you know, it's, you can't be a leader if you're not consistent. You you can't be a leader if you're not showing up on time every day. You can't be a leader if you're not, not doing everything you have to do. It's, it's, it's pretty easily consistency in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, a lot of other things matter, but I think being consistent is is the first thing that needs to happen. hundred percent. And last question I have for you is, where can we find you on social media? Where can we find more details about Aaron Golub and 
your work online? Yeah. So my website's aarongalb.com. You can go to my Instagram or Twitter at Aaron J. Golub. My LinkedIn, just Aaron Golub. And, uh, you know, feel free to shoot me a message and I'll, I respond and, you know, looking forward to it. Yeah. And with the details with your book, when it does come out, like I assume that the details will be also released on your website. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So again, our listeners, I'll be posting all of Aaron's links in the podcast episode descriptions below. So be sure to check those out. And Aaron, thank you so much for coming on to the show. It is truly an honor and blessing to have you on and for you to speak, you know, spit the truth and knowledge of your, your personal experiences. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed the show. You can follow us on Instagram and subscribe to us on YouTube at First Generation Podcast. For any questions, comments, and inquiries, please reach out to Aaron at firstgenerationspodcast.com. That is A-A-R-O-N at firstgenerationspodcast.com. Stay tuned for the next episode.